Are you a high-performing real estate investor who's looking to further elevate your performance? If so, download our free guide, Raising the Bar, Five Steps to Elevate Your Habits by joining our insider network at elevatepod.com. This guide created by yours truly has the power to put your transformation on autopilot and exponentially change your trajectory. Go get your free copy now at elevatepod.com. Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I am blessed and grateful to be sitting with Brian Moran today of the 12-week year. Many of you had read have read the 12-week year and you know that it is an absolute game changer. It's a New York Times best-selling book. And we've got an unbelievable business leader in our midst today. So I definitely want to encourage you to buckle up and listen because you're going to learn so much today. You're going to learn about how compressing timeframes can quadruple your output, right? If you thought that you've already accomplished a lot of things in your life and your business and in your personal life and in your fitness and your health and, you know, in your real estate business, let's multiply that by the power of four. Let's go ahead and do that right now. So how are you, how would you like to compound your growth by four times annually and compound that exponentially year over year over year and change everything because that's what today's episode is all about. Elevate podcast is all about mindset, mind expansion, and personal development for high performing real estate investors. I'm your coach. I'm your host. I, I could be your coach too. I don't know. Uh, but I'm your host, Tyler Chester, and, am, and I am a professional real estate investor and high performance coach. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, and multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and lifestyle. Are you ready to take it to another level? It is time. Let's raise the bar. Today is going to be a phenomenal day. As we dive into this episode, I want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to follow Elevate Podcast on whatever podcast platform you listen to podcasts or watch podcasts. Uh, go ahead and give us a follow, a subscribe, rating, a review. Uh, if you're so inclined to give us a five-star review, we would certainly appreciate that. It helps us attract amazing people like Brian Moran. And um, also share this with a friend. The fee for listening today is really just to share this with someone that you know, someone in your network, someone that's maybe new to your network, someone that's been in your network for a long time. Share this episode with someone that you care about because the only way we're going to continue to spread the message that anything is possible is if the community continues to grow. And so that's really what we're all about is about serving other people. We're about giving, we're about the abundance mindset. And so uh, we're going to continue to bring the heat. I'm going to continue to bring the heat. By the way, we've been around for two years now. Okay. Two years. We're barely scratching the surface. Um, but I can tell you that we're committed. It's been a lot of work to get to two years, um, but we're not stopping anytime soon. So I'm just so grateful for everybody who listens to the podcast. So thank you for showing up today. Thank you for investing in yourself. And with that said, I want to introduce you to Brian Moran, who is the leading authority on leadership, execution, and productivity. As CEO and founder of The Execution Company, which by the way is a phenomenal name, Brian is a highly respected expert and accomplished executive who has developed a well-versed business perspective from his vast experience in consumer products, healthcare, food service, automotive, transportation, and professional services sectors. 
Brian is the co-author of the New York Times bestseller, The 12-Week Year, a program developed to empower individuals and companies to achieve more in 12 weeks than what others accomplish in 12 months. The 12-Week Year philosophy and training program has been implemented at over 50 companies, including Alliance, BBVA, Becton Dickinson, Duncan Brands, Mass Mutual, Medtronic, Meritage Homes, Nationwide, Papa John's Pizza, Paycor, State Farm, and many more. Prior to launching the execution company, Brian held leadership positions with PepsiCo, UPS, uh, Sin Delaney Management Consultants, and National Automotive Corporation. Coupling his corporate experience with his entrepreneurial drive, Brian also co-founded Bio Inc., a health services provider specializing in wellness and medical surveillance, performing on-site medical testing. In addition to the 12-week year, Brian authored Periodization and is featured in many of the leader business journals and periodicals. He's a trusted strategic advisor and visionary, and he also volunteers his time to mentor promising entrepreneurs to refine, implement, and execute their business plans. So without further ado, please enjoy this podcast, this amazing conversation with Brian Moran. Brian Moran, my friend, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, man. Thank you for being on Elevate. Welcome to Elevate. I'm excited about our conversation today. And uh, while we both have a little bit of a hectic schedule today, I think that we can settle in and serve the listeners. But before we do that, I always like to do this in terms of introducing my guests to Elevate Nation. If you were to describe yourself in the way that your closest family members, friends, people that know you best, how would they describe you, Brian? I have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> I probably don't want to know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm caring. I'm, I can be intense at times. I'm pretty controlling. So, you know, it's, it's a mixed bag with me, but definitely, definitely driven and wanting to make a difference. That's what, that's what I'm about as a family. That's what we're about, right? We, my, my company values are the same as a family, which is we talk about dream big, serve others, do great work. So they'll tell you a little bit about us. I love that. So company values are the same as the family values. So, the, you know, it's so interesting about that because you and I were just talking before the show and I was talking about personal development, professional development. And to, in my opinion, it's the same thing, right? Growing as an yeah. individual will grow you as a professional. And it almost sounds like that philosophy in, in line with, you know, sort of how you're looking at your family's values and your company's values. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, if you're, <laughs> you, you got to grow personally to grow professionally. And if your organization is going to grow, your business is going to grow, you got to grow. Mm. That's just, that's just the reality of it. So yeah, they're closely related, if not one and the same. Yeah. And the foundation of that is the family, right? So that's awesome, man. So tell me, I'd love to give more context sort of to your upbringing, to your background, to your story. So if you could give us a sense of, you know, where, where you came from, what life was like kind of growing up yeah. and so forth. And, and then we'll dive into a lot of your expertise today. I grew up in a, in a classic middle-class family. I mean, we were uh, older brother, younger sister, mom and dad were very much into the family. My dad coached little league baseball, little league football. You know, my brother and I played, and my sister was cheerleader, and so, so they did a lot of things around the family. Um, the family founded in faith, um, so my worldview is, you know, Christ is King, and and so that impacts um, has impacted my whole life and everything I do, and and um, grew up, grew up very middle class. Got out of got out of high school, went into college, working for UPS. Always, you know, I had values of working hard, always worked hard, and they promoted me into part-time management so I could finish college. I was paying my way through college. 
um, really switched my degree. I was getting a degree in physiology to be a strength coach and really enjoyed the whole business aspect. Uh, I never thought I would. I didn't know anybody growing up that owned a business. I didn't know anybody that was in sales. I didn't know anybody that, um, you know, was an entrepreneur, any of that. Um, but as I, as I moved into that business segment, got into corporate America with PepsiCo and, and companies like that started consulting, um, I don't know, I had this thing in me about being an entrepreneur that I wanted to do my own thing. And, and so uh, at one point went off on my own, started um, a company we still own today in health services, but then left the day-to-day of that, started what is now the 12-week year. And um, I never looked back. I mean, it's been it's been exciting. It's been fun and and uh, challenging as well, right? There's there's things in your own company that you can't do that you can do in a big company and vice versa. And and so, um, but it's been good. It's been really great. Well, we have a lot in common. I mean, I think growing up without that reference point of entrepreneurs or business owners around you or even investors, I think it's it's almost very foreign to you to to even consider going in that route. And so I can understand that. And I'm sure many of the listeners can can appreciate that that background and that vantage point. So when was it that you made the decision? It's almost like it just came out of nowhere and you said, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. I'm gonna own my own business. When did you make that decision? You know, it was over time. It was, I was having an impact. I was, uh, I was, my career went pretty fast. I was vice president of sales for a billion dollar group at 31, seven figure deal, all of that. And so, but there was all along the way, I kept thinking, man, you know, why don't I do this for myself instead of for other people? And, and um, so at one point I was moving back to Michigan and working in, Arizona. And, and, you know, they were flying me back and forth or my wife out on the weekends. And we're like, look, this isn't, this isn't ideal. And that's when I said, you know what, now's a good time. I had looked at talking to a number of guys being an investor in this business and health services and uh, turned out they needed someone to get it up and running and, and, and lead it. So the timing was kind of, kind of perfect, but, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like just in a moment, it was kind of this process of, seeing the impact I was having, enjoying that, but always kind of thinking, boy, what if, what if I were doing this for myself? You yeah. know? So I love that. I love that. And, and I, I think that's a great distinction as well is that things like this decisions don't happen in an instant while you do ultimately make a decision, which happens in an instant, but you know, the strategy behind that takes a while and it takes time to manifest and, and your circumstances obviously had to continue to unfold your experience culminated to that point. And then obviously, as you became an entrepreneur, I'm sure you were bumping your head like many of us, you're stubbing your toe, you're making mistakes. And perhaps, I mean, give us some context. Is that when you kind of said, wait a minute, why are we planning for a year? Why don't we compress this and talk about the 12 week year? Yeah. In our own business and our clients, we, we did what everybody did, right? We worked in the context of 12 months. And even though we focused on a quarter, it was still in the context of that's one fourth of the whole. And and so somewhere along the way, uh, Michael and I had figured out, you know, what people really needed was to execute. They didn't need new ideas. They didn't need new techniques. They, they had lots of great ideas. They had lots of resources. And so as we began to work with execution, that's where we were really bumping up against the annual environment. That's what we saw the annual environment was actually an impediment, right? Setting annual goals is better than no goals, but there was a problem with that and, and annual plans and things like that. And so one of our clients was into cycling, and at the time, the U.S. Postal Team um, was big on periodization. And, and I'd remembered from lifting weights in, in my college days. But so Michael and I took a look at that and we realized that that really had applicability for what we were doing. And, and that's how the 12-week year was born. And that was more 
the accelerant to the disciplines and principles that we had been applying around the fundamentals of what it takes to execute. So what that created for us, it got out, got us out of this environment where for most of the year, it's easy to put things off, right? Because December's a long way off, still feels a long way off. We're, we're in August. It feels like I got plenty of time yet. Mm-hmm. And that was the, that was the thing that the 12 week year kind of blew that mindset up, right? You talk about mindset, that mindset that I've got lots of time. And so, you know, our clients, we work in the context of every 12 weeks as a year, and there aren't four of those in the year that's annualized. There's just this 12 week year followed by the next. And the more you embrace that in your thinking and your mindset, the bigger impact it has on your actions, the bigger impact it has on the results. Yeah. I think it's very, very important to draw the distinction of that. It's a mindset, right? And, and that's where we start because our mindset then leads to actions, which leads to urgency, which leads to obviously results at the end of the day, which is why we're so you know critically important and, and, and really highly um, you know, focused on mindset and how we can really change the way we look at things so that the things that we look at change. So for people who are not familiar with the 12 week year, you obviously just gave us a little bit of a, a high level, but what else would you say about the high levels of the 12 year, uh, 12 week year? I'd like to go through some of the principles, but what else would you say for folks yeah. who are not familiar with this concept? Yeah. First and foremost, it really, it really is, you know, what, what's holding people back is not that they they don't know something. Right. I think there's a tendency for most people to feel like they're, they're missing something. There's something that they don't know or there's some technique that they're not aware of when, in fact, it's all about the execution. The marketplace, you can have great ideas. You can have uh, be well connected. You can really, really smart. Right. If you don't implement, you don't act on it. It's worthless. And so the marketplace only rewards those things that could implement it. So everything we do at the 12 week years design to help our clients uh, execute more consistently, not perfectly, just more consistently. And, um, and it can make a huge difference, a profound difference in the end result in a very short period of time. Um, because we'll talk about, you know, what do you control, the outcomes or the actions? And the obvious answer is the actions, right? So the goals are the outcomes, but what we're executing on are the actions. That, and, and that's why, um, that's where we focus in and because that's creating the future. And, and so when I realized that and I stopped chasing new ideas, I mean, honestly, if people just did what they know without learning anything new, just more what they know, they'd make more money. They'd have better health. They'd have better relationships without learning anything new. You, you know, we, we keep building the potential, <laughs> uh, but we never actualize it. So the 12 week year is all about executing on the most important things more consistently. Yeah. And it, it almost reminds me of the phrase or, or the, the philosophy that, you know, if everyone, uh, if knowledge was power, then everyone in the world should have eight pack abs. They should have, you know, a billion dollars in the bank account. They should have, you know, all these different things, you know, all the time in the world, but knowledge is not power. Action is a real power. So I think that's why your philosophies and your approaches are so critically important. And I love that you call your company, the execution company as an example, but, but you know, that's one of the things like you think about goal setting and people who set goals typically will, you know, achieve, you know, more in their life. Right. And so I think it's clear that that's important, but what you've done is you've now compressed this, right. And you're thinking about instead of 12 months, we're going to 12 weeks and we're focusing and we're compressing time, but it starts with vision, right? So, you know, talking about getting clear on where you want to go over a three-year period, but then reverse engineering that into a 12-week period. So, you know, one of the other things that I, vision is a part of this, but you've talked about the eight elements of high performance. 
And I think that yeah. this is critically important. You know, most of the listeners here are high performers or they want to be even higher performing. So could you talk a little bit about those eight elements of high performance? Yeah, well, you hit on the first one. There's five disciplines and, and they're the fundamentals. And, and it's not like we invented this stuff. We just packaged it so you can apply it as a system because like any system, when you apply it, the, the results are exponentially greater than if you pick the, the different parts. And, and so it starts with vision, right? Having a compelling why, knowing, knowing what you want your life to look like into the future, because that drives the near term. So living with long-term vision, acting with short-term urgency kind of thing. Then, then planning. Now, everyone plans, very few people implement. So there, there are some serious drawbacks to traditional planning <clears throat> and 12-week and planning overcomes those. 12-week planning is more predictable. It's more focused um, and, it's, and it's granular. So it's tactical where most plans are conceptual. You can't execute concepts. Um, you've, got to get, you've got to get tactical. Um, the, the third discipline then is, is, uh, is, um, pro what we call process control in, and that's, that's just our term for tools and events that, that we insert in the environment. So you're not just relying on personal discipline because right. Even, even the most disciplined of us are sometimes we're more disciplined than others. And, and so what we want to do is give you some, some process that you can lean on. So even on the days you don't feel like doing it, it still gets done. That's what we call process control. Scorekeeping is the fourth element or the fourth discipline. And I would argue that measurement drives the process, right? It's the anchor of reality. It's, it's feedback on our actions. Um, and, and your listeners are probably familiar with lead and lag indicators. Just like everything else, we're about the less is more, critical few, right? So you might think of 20 things you could measure, whether three, four, or five that you really need to pay attention to this 12 weeks. That'll help you make better decisions. Now, there's, there's one lead indicator, though, that's the most powerful lead indicator you have, and most people don't even know what that is. And ultimately, that's a measure of your execution. Because I said earlier, we control the actions, not the outcomes. So we're going we're gonna to track the outcomes. We're going to track the results. We're going to score our execution. So as the CEO of my business, my world, I know on a weekly basis, am I operating in the 9th percentile or the 30 percentile or wherever I'm at? And I'll know why that is because I got a tactical granular plan. And then finally, the fifth discipline is time use. Everything happens in the context of time, being intentional about what I say yes to and what I say no to. And ironically, if you're not applying those first four disciplines, it's really difficult to be effective with your time. Right. If you don't know what you want, that's the vision question. If you don't know what matters most, that's the planning question. And if you don't know whether or not you're doing it, that's the process control question. If you don't know whether or not it's producing, that's the measurement question, right? If those pieces aren't in place, it's really difficult to be effective with your time. So those are five disciplines that are fundamental. We help people apply them as a system. So it's not just picking parts. I mean, you'll get some benefit if you pick parts, but when you apply them as a system, you get better. It doesn't matter what level you're at. I love uh, it. And, and then there are three principles that are more character-based, starting with accountability, uh, probably the most misunderstood concept. We talk about this in our book. In fact, Michael and I have a new book coming out late this year that is the whole book is on accountability. And most people experience accountability as consequences, right? That's how we, you know, you, you hear about someone doing something wrong and someone in authority says, we're going to hold this person accountable. And they're really talking about some sort of negative consequence with them, right? They're going to find them, they're spank them, suspend them, something like that. And we would argue that's not accountability. 
that, that accountability is not consequences, it's ownership. And at the heart of accountability is free will choice that you always have choice and then taking ownership of those choices. Um, and then there's commitments and, and greatness in the moment, two other principles that tie closely and, and um, uh, again, really, really drive success in your personal life and in business. Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital. And you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I want to invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called The Bottom Line, The 10 Ways to Increase Cash Flow in an Apartment Complex. And I want to tell you that this is a value-packed ebook. So I want to, want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're going to get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com and enjoy the rest of the show. Well, I just want to highly recommend that the listener goes back and listens to exactly everything that you just said there, Brian, because you're talking about the eight, eight elements of high performance. And I think it's critically important to understand this and to really understand how you can apply this in your business. But I'm actually really curious. I mean, so you guys are writing a new book on accountability now, right? And so yep. my business partner, uh, I actually asked him, I had him on the podcast again recently, and I asked him, I'm like, man, how are you such a high performer? Because this guy is amazing. I mean, he gets more done than anyone I know. It's unbelievable. And I asked him and he says, accountability. He's like, I know that you hold me accountable. I know my family holds me accountable. Other people in my life hold me accountable. And I can tell you by being a part of masterminds myself and people that yeah. support me and they want to see me go farther. It's like, if I have an accountability meeting, I know that I'm going to get things done. Maybe I get it done last minute, but you better believe I'm going to get it done because there's something to be said about that. So why has that been a focus of yours? Is it, is it along the same lines or how would you take that a step further? Yeah, we take that even further in that we would argue that, you know, when people talk about holding each other accountable, and this may not be what your partner's saying, but in most cases, every organization we've worked in, they talk about that, holding someone accountable. Like yeah, leaders will talk about holding their team accountable. And, and, and what they're really talking about is creating a negative consequence when they don't do what they're supposed to do, right? So that's not accountability, that's consequences. And consequences shape behavior um, but you'll never get discretionary effort with negative consequences. You get just enough to stop the consequences. So, so in a, in a setting like that, we talk about holding people capable, which sounds like semantics, but it's very different. It, what it, the, 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 the subtle difference is that as a leader, we don't confront with consequences. We confront with choice because you always have choice. I mean, you don't have to work here. You can choose to work somewhere else. Uh, you can choose to do the activity and work here or not do the activity and work somewhere else, right? I mean, but, but confronting people with choice and, and it changes the conversation, it changes the relationship, it changes the results dramatically. 
And it's a, it's a, it's a very different way of operating. I love that. I mean, I think about holding people capable rather than accountable. It's another mindset shift, but I think about this and I say, well, if I'm going to surround myself with high performing people who have a desire to become more, to grow, to give, to uh, contribute, to impact, and, and, you know, they just want to be more, they're ambitious. I feel like this shift is by far the most valuable. It's not like, Hey, if you don't do this, you're in trouble, but it's, Hey, I'm here to support you and you committed to this and it's going to be uncomfortable. Of course, there's going to be things that are uncomfortable that you have to go through and, you know, together we can go farther, but that's one of the things that I I believe that you you're very fond of as well is that, look, if you're going to get things done, it is about going through some discomfort. And I feel like that peer accountability is what motivates people, you know, positively through that rather than like, I'm going to get whipped on the other side of this. I'm going to get reprimanded. Does that resonate with you? Yeah. So peer support is huge. It's, it's one of the elements of process control. But, but the fact of the matter is, is if I'm looking for someone to hold me accountable, that's probably the least accountable thing I could say. Because <laughs> I'm really looking to transfer that burden. That burden's mine. If I'm looking to enter into accountability partnership with somebody where they're going to help me confront my realities and what I'm doing and what I'm not doing, that's a different scenario. That's a different relationship. And that's probably the relationship your partner has. He's calling it what, what exists for most people as a very dysfunctional relationship, right? Where, where I need someone to threaten me with consequences or create negative consequences from chewing out to, you know, taking away pleasures for me, for me to perform. And that's not healthy. Um, we, we need to learn to own it ourselves. And when we do, we act on it. So, but that peer support's huge, right? It's interesting that for most people, we'll let ourselves down easier than we'll let someone else down. So that, that's why sharing your vision with someone, not, not the people that are going to poo-poo it and, and tell you why you can't do it, but sharing your vision with people that are going to encourage you and expand it, right? When you make it public, and that's what that peer support does. You're, you're making your actions or, or your lack thereof public every week with a small group of people. And what happens is, um, if I'm serious about it, I'm only going to go a couple of weeks before I go, gosh, darn it. I'm not going to show up at that meeting again and not have the stuff done. It's not because you're chewing me out. It's because I'm showing up feeling like a loser. And so one of two things are happen. I'll stop showing up to the meeting <laughs> altogether or I'll get the stuff done. And that's the value of peer support. So now I want to ask you a really selfish question because our, our mastermind has accountability partners and we meet on a weekly basis and we hold each other accountable. And I, I hope that we're doing it in the way that you're describing in a positive direction where we're really challenging each other to come become more and so forth. But what are the elements of a, you know, very, like an optimal accountability partnership? What does that look like? Yeah, well, typically when we, when we run those, we recommend uh, peer-to-peer is just a few people, three or four people. You know, we run accountability groups with up to a 10 folks. It's a little different, but if you're doing it on your own, the, the key is one, you care about the people involved. Two is that you're bought into helping them, they're bought into helping you, right? And so every 12 weeks in those groups, each individual shares their goals and their tactical plan on a weekly basis. We're talking about where we at the results and how did we execute, because in those two sets of numbers, the story's being told, right? Did I do what I said I need to do? Is it producing what I thought it would? And, and, and then just people pressing in. So, so we do, um, in our organization, our leadership team does a team plan. We have one plan, a set of goals. Some of the tactics have my name, some have Michael, some have Judy's. We, um, we wham, weekly accountability meeting. We wham once a week on Monday. 
And we go through what got done, what got done in the plan, what was due, what, how do we do on our outcomes, right? The first thing we do is we post up our numbers against our goals, talk about the successes from last week, go through the plan, what got done. Then we go around the room and talk about each person has a few minutes to talk about how they executed last week. And if one of us didn't execute well, someone on the team is going to press in. So Brian, what happened last week? Um, how are you feeling about that? What's going to be different this week? So they're not holding me accountable, but they're helping me confront the reality that, look, in a 12-week year, I can't afford to have another week like that. Yeah, yeah. But no I time. have to own it, right? I have to own it. I have to, I have to be able to connect those actions to the longer-term vision. I have to have some, some ownership in that or those conversations are going to fall really flat because if I don't own it, I'm going to make a lot of excuses. So and it then comes it, down it, to owning. organization, they're going to start confronting the excuses. Right. <laughs> so it comes down to ownership, right? And, and being willing to say, look, you know, I screwed up and let me course correct. But then also being willing to accept direction and, and feedback and support from the rest of your team. Or am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. yeah. And listen, everyone stumbles. Yeah. So it's just a matter of time before, you know, someone comes in and didn't get stuff done or didn't work out the way they thought. That's fine. You know, the 12 week years of guilt free zone. You can't change anything you did yesterday or last week, but you can learn from it. And that's what that's what those peer meetings are about, is really making sure that I'm showing up each week, committed to doing the things I need to do and owning that. So you've been teaching the 12-week year for quite some time now. Would you, do you believe that you truly are seeing people accomplish four times as much as people who set yearly goals and so forth? Are you actually seeing that? Thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. We get, we get emails every day on people that are doing that It's amazing in, in all walks of life. It's crazy. It really is. And it's not about for your listeners, it's not about taking everything you would do in 12 months and cramming it into 12 weeks. It's about being more focused on the critical few, the things that have the biggest impact and just being more consistent with those. So one more done this week and one more done next week and one more done the next week and one more done the next week. And it's crazy what can happen because it starts to, it starts to respond like compound interest. Uh, and that that's how our clients are able to accomplish so much more than than they used to, you know, more in 12 weeks than they do in 12 months. It's, it, that tagline came about because that's what a lot of our clients experience. That's amazing. And I think about, you know, to be obviously the compound interest, I think, is a critical description because you think about when you make progress for 12 weeks, you compound that over the next 12 weeks. Obviously, that progress is exponentially farther than you would have been if you didn't have that sort of progress prior. And yeah. so I think it's really, really interesting. But one of the, th the things I wanted to go in with you on was kind of the retreating. Right. And so when you're thinking about obviously you're all about execution. But at the end of the day to execute, you got to execute on the right things, right? So thinking about what is that vision? So what, what are you suggesting? I mean, are you seeing, or has this shifted at all over the years in terms of how you lead others or lead your team or retreat yourself in terms of how you're setting the vision, how you're setting the planning and so forth? So in a team environment, we have the team set the vision. So Michael and I are just in a new startup company and we were, uh, we were in Florida last week with the team. And so, you know, we, we didn't set the vision for the team and give it to them as a team, we set the vision. And, um, and even, even in our current company as a team, we set the vision, same thing with the health services group as a team, we set the vision. Why? Because anything people are involved in, they're less opposed to. So, so if I want to get ownership from the team, you know, it's really hard if I set the vision and now I got to sell it to them. I got to convince them that it's the right thing. If they participate in it, now they own it. Um, and, and now there's more of an emotional connection for them as well. And um, 
And so in a team setting, that's the way that's done. Individually, all of us have individual visions as well. And so what we want to make sure happens is that the, the organizational vision connects the dots to our individual vision, right? So, so me succeeding here in this organization helps me live the life I want to live. And, and when you can connect those dots for people, that's when you have empowered staff. Um, and occasionally they don't connect. And that's when you realize you got the wrong people, right? They're just, they're not bad people. They're, they're a bad fit. Um, but, but it all starts with the 12 week year round vision. It all starts with personal vision. And then even as an, as an individual entrepreneur, first my personal vision, then, then my business vision, because business is part of life. It supports, it aligns, and enables the life vision. I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, real estate and business in, in particular are vehicles towards creating outcomes that you want in your life. And this is a system, this is an approach, this is an execution strategy that that makes a lot of sense. Do you apply the 12 week year to your family as well? You're talking about the core values of your family earlier. I would imagine you do. We do. Not, not, not too much. You know what I mean? I don't want to be <laughs> like, like nuts with it, but yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So how is overall, I mean, you know, if you were to look back, I mean, over the past year, you know, many years, are there any in particular success stories that have really, um, you know, really made you proud uh, for whether it's companies you've worked with, other business owners and so forth? Is there anything that really stands out in terms of a transformation of, you know, not only their results, but their lifestyle and so forth? There's a ton of them. You, you know, I'll give you I'll give you two that come to mind. One is that um, in the insurance industry, financial services, you know, the end of the year is typically their biggest time. In fact, a lot of those companies will do 30% of their revenue in December. And and so usually what that means is that the financial reps are going nuts uh, November and December, right? It's a crazy time. They're pulling their hair out. They're trying to get it over the finish line to qualify for certain clubs and trips and bonuses and all all that stuff. Very stressful time. And so I remember this one advisor we were working with sent us this email in, in January and said, Hey guys, I just want to thank you. You know, I started the 12 week year, like three or four, 12 week years ago. Right. <laughs> and he said, I got to around Thanksgiving and we had adopted a new, I think it was a baby, baby girl, a new baby girl. And, um, and I was able to take the rest of the year off to wow. be with my wife and our new baby. And he says, that would have never happened. And he says, not only did I not work that time, but but I had a significant increase over the prior year, looking at your, without without working what is typically the busiest time for most people. And, and so that's really fulfilling to hear that because that's where, you know, that's where you realize how you work affects every area of your life. The, the other one is we had, um, we had asked our, our community for some stories and and this one lady sent one in and she had retired. She was a real estate agent retired and she was kind of, you know, trying to figure out what to do with the rest of her life. And she was, she started the 12 week year. And a few weeks into that, she was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And, um, and her name was Barbara. And, and she said, you know, my world just became very, very different. And she said the 12 week year played such an important role because she said, I didn't feel like I could plan out a year, but I could plan for the next 12 weeks. She said, I didn't know if I'll be here a year from now. In fact, the doctors would tell me probably not, but I knew I was going to be here for 12 weeks. Mm. And so she used the 12 week year to, to live out the end of her life in a fulfilling way and still have the impact she wanted to have, which was just crazy when wow. I think about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. And uh, man, I just, I just have to acknowledge you for the amount of contribution that you've been able to give to so many people. That's an amazing story in itself. And it, it's an eye opener for all of us, right? Because we have a certain amount of time on this planet and how are we using it? How are we maximizing it? And uh, what an amazing philosophy and amazing mindset that we can all apply and we can change the way we look at our time and the, we can change the way that we use our vehicle, our business towards supporting great outcomes in our life. How else does mindset apply to you? And, and how else does, how else is mindset important for you as a business owner, as a leader yourself? You know, I think mindset's everything. I think the game of life is played between the ears. And, you know, if you look at athletes, that's the difference, right? They're all talented physically with difference between years. And I think it's the same in life. It's the same in, in marriage and raising a family in, uh, in having an impact in your business. So, so I'm always um, pretty, pretty mindful about what I'm reading and, and what I'm exposing myself to and what I'm thinking about and what I'm dwelling on. And I'm always trying to grow and expand in that area. But I think I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm faith-based. So that that forms the foundation of everything. So, so I'm constantly in the word and in scripture and that, that sets the stage for a productive, healthy mindset. Yeah, I agree. You, what you feed your mind, you know, will be reaped right at some point yeah. and it will yeah. become your reality. So I think that's so, so powerful. And it's, it also leads into where we're going to go right now with the rare air questionnaire. It's all about, you know, it's, it's about this discussion. It's about understanding how your mindset impacts your actions, which impacts the quality of your life ultimately. Right. And, and so through the rare air questionnaire, I want to ask you a few things. The first thing is you were just talking about reading, obviously thinking about reading scripture and so forth. But if you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read over the past few years, what would those be and why? Um, you, you know, uh, probably the book I recommend the most is, is an older book. It's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways. It's a little paperback book by Dr. Susan Jeffers. And she compares, you know, the people that had enormous success in life with others and kind of walks you through this process of, they're, they both have fear when they're doing something new, but the successful people do it anyways. And she talks about what, what keeps us stuck and what keeps us from moving out into areas of discomfort and things like that. So I, I just love that book. So it's, it's a pretty quick read. Um, that's probably my favorite. Love it. And of course, the Bible, you've mentioned that yeah. multiple times. And of course, we'll put a link in the show notes uh, to where you can find the 12 week year as well. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to uh, the next book coming out here soon. When will, when will the next book come out? Uh, they're, they're talking about before the end of the year. So we're just finishing up the manuscript now. So part of that's on us. We'll see if we get it in on time or not. Um, but it'll be, yeah, we'll, we'll make an announcement and get some stuff out, but we're hoping to get it out before the end of the year. Are we talking at the, be, by the end of the 12 week year or what are we talking here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> by the end of the calendar year, man. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't we know you get even the script by the year. end of this 12 week year and then the manuscript and then they do their stuff. So there you go. I didn't even know you had a calendar year on your side. I didn't know if you had that in your household <laughs> or in your, in your office. <laughs> we, we burn those. It's kind of like the big disco album burn back in the. <laughs> Back in the 80s, whatever that was. That's awesome. Aside from our discussion today, Brian, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? Yeah, it's it's the mindset. It's scripture for me. Yeah. Love it. What's yeah. the biggest way that you elevate others around you? Um, you know, that's an interesting question. I mean, I, 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 I like to think that I'm encouraging, I'm challenging and encouraging at the same time. You know, I'm, I'm always excited when people have big visions and, and want to accomplish big things because it, it inspires me. And so, you know, I like to talk to people about, 
what's their biggest challenge? What are they, what, you know, what's their, what's their big vision? What are they trying to do? What's the impact they're having? So, you know, I, I think that's the way I lift others up. And the, the work I do around the 12-week year is all about what you're capable of. You know, your listeners are successful, but what they're capable of is a whole nother level. And um, Stephen Pressfield wrote a little book called The War of Art. I don't know if you've read it, but, but he says we have two lives and I agree with him, right? The life we live and the life we're capable of. So I'm all about the life we're capable of. Man, you just challenged a lot of people right there with that. I can feel the competition, you know, and the ambition just pouring through the microphone right now, man. That is awesome. And thank you for that challenge. Uh, I appreciate that myself. and I know many others do as well. But Brian, what an awesome conversation. I really appreciate you taking time. Is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share with Elevate Nation before we wrap today? I'm just look, it's not about being perfect, right? You're going to make mistakes. You're going to stumble. Just stay in the game. Stay committed to living the life you want to live, because I think the ultimate success is to live life on your terms. And, and the road's bumpy. You know, I think nowadays, especially with social media, we're led to believe that thing, you know, success has happened overnight and the curve's straight up. That hasn't been my experience, right? It's bumpy. It, it, um, it's kind of the daily mundane. You've got to be willing to do the heavy lifting and keep at it. And if you are, I believe you can accomplish anything in your life, anything you want to accomplish. Thank you for that, man. That's a great reminder as well. Brian Moran, my friend, amazing conversation. The listeners can find you at 12weekyear.com. Uh, Brian P. Moran on LinkedIn and uh, the 12 Week Year on Facebook. But where else can the listeners find you? Well, that's the, those are the main spots. You know, you can get the book on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or any of those. Um, but But if we have resources from you know, getting started course, which is free and free sample plans to all the way up to one-on-one performance coaching. So if we can help in any way, 12weekyear.com, the number one, two weekyear.com is where you can find us. Yeah. And we also have, uh, if you want to get started, it's just 12weekyear.com slash getting started. So we'll put links in the show notes as to where you can find Brian and everything that he's all about. And of course, we'll link where you can find the book as well. So Brian, my man, thank you so much. We'll look forward to part two and uh, appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great. Elevate Nation, I just want to encourage you to re-listen to the show with Brian Moran. And you definitely want to check out the 12-week year if you are still setting annual goals and and all those things, which, you know, I can certainly say that uh, at times I I am uh, guilty of that. And um, certainly we can see that there are downfalls. There's certainly great things about setting goals, but let's take it to the next level, right? Because man, it's not about what you've done. It's not about your success in the past. It's about what are you capable of? So let's take it to the next level. And I want to encourage you to re-listen to this show, share it with a friend and share this you know, really what are your distinctions? What are your takeaways? What's the number one thing that you're taking away? Is it that you're going to start applying the 12 week year to your business, to your life, or is it something else? What is it that you would like to share with someone else that you know, that you care about, share this with social media, share this with your network. And at the end of the day, of course, knowledge is only potential power. The real power, as we mentioned on the show, is about action. It's about taking massive action. So I want to highly encourage you to apply one thing that you learned today, What is it that you can put on the calendar? You want to put it on the calendar and take action when you have a moment to do so? Or do you want to go ahead and take action on that today, right? Either way is an action towards bettering your future. So I want to encourage you again to share this, listen again. And until next time, Elevate Nation, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. 
Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.